I'm sure you picked up, that's what we were singing just before. Um, that, uh, that familiar passage in scripture, Isaiah 53, that Isaiah um, had written, had prophesied, and now we on the other side, as New Testament Christians, can look back. And as he prophesied to, uh, to what he did know, we look back and we see that this speaks of the Lord Jesus. And as we look at uh, this tonight, at uh, um, tonight's Bible study, I, I want to tell you about Sunday, Sunday just gone. Sunday just gone, there was, in my house, there was tears and shouting, okay? Tears and shouting. There were tears all over the place. It was my son, okay? He was in absolute tears. I've never seen anything like it. He was in absolute tears. On, on just a few feet away, there was my wife and she was shouting. She was shouting at the television. And my son was watching the television and he was in absolute tears. Do you know what it was? Huh? Strictly. No, not strictly. It was Formula One. And as we'd watched Formula One, we've invested this year. And uh, my son is a big Lewis Hamilton fan. We, were, we happened to be in uh, uh, Monaco on free practice a couple of years ago. We, we saw him. He got an autographed hat of him. He loves watching Formula One. And we were watching Formula One together as a family. I'd made sure I'd, I'd finished work in time. I'd sat with him. We were watching it. And right on that last lap... It all went horribly wrong. If you're watching Lewis, I'm really sorry. It went all horribly wrong. And there was this big conversation immediately afterwards. How can they do this? How can they do this? It's unjust. It makes no sense. How can they do this? And the drama is unfolded and... uh, they were all talking about it, and there was Elijah sitting next to me, and he just burst out into tears. He just couldn't believe what he was seeing. And Sean was shouting at the TV, How can they do this? How can they do this? It's not worth watching anymore. It was just... How can this be fair? I don't know if you're a Formula One fan, and I'm sorry if I put in a few more Formula One illustrations, but how can this be fair? That was what was said on Sunday. And it wasn't just the Formula One uh, pundits who were getting in on the conversation. Gary Lineker got in on the conversation. Dan Walker got in on the conversation. Everyone seemed to get in around this world on this conversation, asking the question, how can this be fair? It wasn't right. It wasn't along the rules. How can this be fair? And in one sense, we ask the same question of the passage we've read. How can this be fair? How can the one we're reading about, how can the one we're reading about who has done nothing wrong, how can this be fair that he is the one who is put on a cross and he is the one who's punished when we are the ones who've done something wrong. How can this be fair? A few things at tonight's Bible study and prayer meeting that will help us to to pray. And the first thing that I want us to, to reflect on this evening is the righteousness of Jesus. The righteousness of Jesus. As we think about this passage and, and, and how it describes us, 
implies the righteousness of Jesus. It talks about, in verse 4, our griefs, our sorrows. He, he bore our griefs, he bore our sorrows. It talks about, in verse 5, he was pierced for our transgressions. It talks about us, in verse 6, like sheep we have gone astray. Our griefs, our sorrows, our, our transgressions, our, our astrayness. It talks, in verse 6, about our iniquity that has been laid on him. And then later it talks about this man, Jesus, the God-man, verse 9. There was no deceit in his mouth at all. There was no violence. There was nothing that you could accuse him of. And when we look at this, we find that Jesus is righteous. There's no, there's no deceit. There's no violence. There's, there's no account in Scripture of Jesus ever doing anything that is wrong. And yet we find here, he takes on our griefs, our sorrows, our transgressions, our restrainers, our iniquity, our sin, our deceit, our violence. This Sunday they talked about the rule makers. Here are the rule makers and now here are the rule breakers. Well, the Bible says God's commands, God's commandments, all have sinned. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And yet Jesus Christ is unique. There is no one like him. He himself is righteousness. He has always done what is right. He has never done what is wrong. He's never said anything wrong. He's, he's always thought what is right. He's always thought what is pure. He is holy, holy, holy. And there is no one else like him. How can this be fair? That the righteous one, Jesus Christ, is then put to death, is then put on a cross, for not for his sin, but for ours. The righteousness of, of Jesus. Then we have the, the rejection of Jesus. The rejection of Jesus. Do you see in the language in verse 7, he was oppressed, he was afflicted, he was led like a, a, a lamb to the slaughter, he was, he was cut off, verse 8, from the, the land of the, the living. He was pierced, he had our, uh, nails in his, in his hands and his feet. It talks about him being crushed, the grave. He was rejected by all those he had made. The Bible talks about a creator God, doesn't it? A creator God who's made all of us. And he's made this world and he's placed us into this world so that we can enjoy this world, but we can come to know him. And yet we reject God and we turn our backs against him. And we look for anything and everything else that satisfies us apart from wanting to know him. And as you, no doubt, have your Christmas carol services and you, you put up your trees or try to put up your trees, as you put your lights on and as we drive down the road and you see all the LEDs flashing, twinkling, and you see Santas, you see reindeers, you see everything that you can possibly see, do not crash your cars. You're reminded that we live in a society that's 
full of commerce and, and buying things and giving things and receiving things. And as good as that is and as nice as that is, we're reminded that we live in a world where we have largely said there is no God. And we celebrate Christmas as if God does not exist. And all we think about are the things that we want or the things that we say that we need. And yet here in Isaiah 53, we find there is a righteous Jesus who has done nothing wrong, yet he was rejected. And as we come to celebrate the birth of our Saviour, we're reminded that he was born into this world. And yet he was rejected by those that he had lovingly made. How many of you know of a, of a person named Nims Perger? Anyone know of a person named Nims Perger? Anyone? Anyone at all? He's world famous. He's world famous. You've never heard of him. And somebody said, Nims Perger. He said this in a quote. He said, let's be brutally honest. If this had been done by some Western or European then this news about what I've just done would have been 10 times bigger. That's what he said. He said, let's be brutally honest. He was quoted, let's be brutally honest. If this had been done by some Westerner or European, then the news would have been 10 times bigger. Let me tell you about Nims Perger. Nims Perger has climbed the 14 of the highest mountains in six months and six days. The 14 of the highest mountains in the world, and he's climbed them in six months and six days. He's broken every single record you can imagine. And he did it. You can watch about it. You can find it on uh, a well-known uh, um, you know, series provider. You can find out about it. And he did it to raise awareness of the people of Nepal. He's from Nepal. And he did it to raise awareness of the people of Nepal and, and to give them prominence. And he, and he said this, he said, well, if it had been done by a Westerner or a European, then it would have had 10 times the news coverage. But he did it to raise awareness of the people of Nepal. And you can watch this documentary and you can watch him uh, make this effort to break the record and the record for climbing 14 of the highest mountains in the world was something like seven years or eight years and he beat it dramatically and he did it in six months and six days he did it to give a voice to those who had none and you see here in this passage Jesus is giving us something that we can't do for ourselves. Jesus is doing something that we cannot do for ourselves. Let's be brutally honest, whether you're here or whether you're listening. Let's be brutally honest. If it wasn't for the rejection of Jesus, then we have no hope. If it wasn't, for the rejection of Jesus, we have no hope. He alone has defeated death. He alone has paid for sin. He alone 
has done it. And he's not just raising awareness about it or or not just crowdfunding uh, some income for it. He's not raising this awareness to point out this problem that's going on in our world and that he wants the media to cover it and he wants everyone around the world to know about this issue that's going on so he does it to raise awareness. No, no, no. He's solved it once and for all. He's defeated death, even the death of a cross. You see, Jesus is righteous. He's rejected. And then finally, there's the response of Jesus. How does he respond when we look at what Isaiah prophesied about and what we look back and know about? As we read about the account of the cross, as we read about this Jesus Christ who was born into this world and he, and he grew up and, and he, he faced rejection and he, he faced misunderstanding and he, and he was arrested and he was abandoned by those he was close to and that said they were close to him. And then he was falsely accused. What is his response? He was oppressed, verse 7. He was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. And like a sheep that is before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. Isn't that amazing? If it were not for this Jesus, we would have no We would have no need to have carol services because there wouldn't be any point. Because there would be no good news to tell the world about if it wasn't for this Jesus. And yet he did it in silence. He did it willingly. He did it in love. He did it in pain. And he did not open his mouth. One of the twins the other day, Zephan and Jed, one of them, I think it was Zephan, he was really naughty, okay? You know when I say really naughty, it was really obvious. He'd done something really naughty. And it was, it was that time when you sit your son on the naughty chair and you start talking to them, don't you? And you say, do you realise you've done something really naughty? And, and, and there are going to be consequences, okay? And you're sitting there trying to work out, you know, the punishment fits the crime, yeah? And you're trying to work out what kind of what kind of consequence do you give your six-year-old son that makes him understand that what he did was really wrong? And so you're sitting explaining to him and he's, and he's sitting there trying to understand that what he did was wrong. He didn't listen to me or he doesn't listen to mummy. And we're trying to explain what the punishment is going to be. And, and I'm sitting there as a father thinking, what is the most appropriate form of punishment that I can give to my son to make him understand? And we're sitting there thinking, what does he really, really like, you know? that we can take away for a temporary period of time so you'll get it. And so I'm thinking then, Pokemon cards. You love Pokemon cards. So you sit down and you say to him, right, Zephan, I'm going to take away your Pokemon cards for the rest of the day, and at the end of the day, you'll have them back. And you can imagine what's going through the mind of a six-year-old. It's, it's, the world is falling apart. It's, it's collapsing. How can I live without my Pokemon cards? It's a Saturday. I don't have school today. I need my Pokemon cards. So a light bulb goes off in his brain and he says, Daddy, I understand I've done something wrong. I understand that I have to have consequences. 
but is there any chance we can swap out this punishment for something else? Can we, is there any chance that, you know, instead of taking my Pokemon cards away, that you can do something else? Does it have to be that one? Does it have to be this punishment? Surely there's something else that I can swap this for. You can see the way their mind works. That's a brilliant question, isn't it? Surely there's something else. But not for us. Not for us. There was no other way. There was no other way, and there is no other way for people like you and me, for the people that we love, for our friends and our families and our neighbours and our world, for our politicians, for our princes, for our princesses, for our queens, for our kings, for the presidents, for the rich, for the poor, for the rebellious, for the generous, for the charitable, for the kind. There is no other way but through this Jesus and through his death on a cross. And this is the only way. How can this be right, they said on Sunday. How can this be right? And everyone starts to pour in their opinions and they say, well, there was this rule and maybe, you know, this is how they saw it. Well, there was that rule and this is... How can this be right? And yet for us, there is only one way. And it's through the death of the Lord Jesus Christ and his resurrection and his ascension. And that one day he will return and he will make right every wrong. As we come to this Christmas festive period It's not just about celebrating the birth of a baby. It's not just about celebrating the birth of Jesus. It's about celebrating the birth and the beginning of a king and a judge. And this judge, this king and this judge, there's no partiality. There's no reputation to to be afraid of and therefore he makes decisions based on what people will think of him. There's nothing to gain. He's the owner of all things. And yet one day every knee will bow to him. Right now in our world, there's, there's so much complexity. We can play about many different things. and We can pray about all the different problems in our world and all the challenges. There's so much complexity in, in the world and there's so much complexity in our lives. But there's this wonderful peace that you and I can have and enjoy. There's this wonderful peace that we can tell our friends and our neighbours about. Because as Isaiah reminds us, he made intercession for the transgressors. And he offers us peace with God and peace with each other. How are we going to respond tonight as we finish by praying? We've got this almighty sensitivity to health these days don't we there's almighty sensitivity to health and and in one sense that's that's right isn't it but as we come to this christmas festive period let's not be immune to the biggest problem that we all face and let's share our responsibility of going into all the world and telling them that there is a redeemer There is someone 
who was not dealt with fairly. There was somebody who was completely righteous. There was somebody who was rejected. And there was someone who responded by not opening his mouth. But he loved this world and he loved sinners. And he died for the sin of his people. And he calls us to go and follow him. And he calls others too to come, freely come. And let's go and tell people about him.